Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to the Slam and Jam here on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. With me, as always, is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, tell me what happened in the NBA this week. Well, Andrew, it all started last Friday night with another classic between the Golden State Warriors and the Oklahoma City Thunder. These two teams have already played four times this season, and outside of one OKC blowout, We've gotten a Steph game winner and two overtime wins for the Thunder, both sent to overtime by rookie Chet Holmgren. The latest was a 138-136 to Thunder win in OKC, a game that only went to overtime because Draymond Green fouled Chet on a three-pointer with seven seconds left and the Thunder down three. Chet made all three free throws, sending the game to overtime. And if you're thinking, well, that must have been the dumbest thing Draymond did all week. <laughs> Well, stay tuned. (laughs) On Saturday, the NBA crowned the first champion of the in-season tournament. The Los Angeles Lakers defeated the Indiana Pacers 123-109 to behind a masterful performance from Anthony Davis, who had 41-20 and with four blocks. LeBron James, who I am contractually obligated to tell you, turns 39 years old in two weeks, was the tournament MVP, adding 24-11 and in the final game. Also, Congratulations to rookie Oscar Shibwe, who scored his first point in an NBA game, hitting one of two free throws. It's always nice to get the first one out of the way so that, for instance, your second NBA point scored isn't a huge deal that sets off a chain reaction of events that leads to James Johnson getting in a fight with Giannis during the playoffs. On Sunday, (laughs) there were no games. On Monday, Zion had a statement game days after being the subject of numerous media critiques following his lackadaisical performance in the in-season tournament semifinal against the Lakers. Zion responded with a season-high 36 points in an impressive 121-107 to win over the best in the West, the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Pelicans are now 14-11, good for ninth seed in the West. Now, that may sound disappointing, but with the way the West standings currently sit, the 10th-seeded Phoenix Suns are only three games back of the Denver Nuggets, who are the two-seed. On Tuesday, the host of the Draymond Green Show was involved in an on-court altercation in a game against the Phoenix Suns. Being guarded by Yusuf Nurkic in the third quarter, Draymond wheeled around and wildly smacked Nurk in the face. Green was ejected from the game, claiming later that he was simply trying to sell a foul, which not even Warriors fans bought. (laughs) On Wednesday, the NBA announced Green would be suspended indefinitely and would be required to meet certain conditions before returning the main condition being that he stopped being a massive dick. On Wednesday, Giannis Antetokounmpo scored a franchise record 64 points in a 140-126 win over the Indiana Pacers. Giannis was 20 for 28 from the field and 24 of 32 from the line. A memorable night, perhaps deserving of a souvenir like a game ball. Unfortunately for Giannis, he wasn't the only one performing amazing feats that night. Rookie Oscar Shibwe recorded the second point in his NBA career, splitting a pair of free throws. But because the in-season tournament exists in some weird limbo, it was actually his first point and therefore deserving of a game ball. Only one ball, though, Andrew. And when the buzzer sounded, the game ball, or a different ball, still unclear, ended up in the hands of the Pacers, which led to Giannis racing down the tunnel in pursuit of his precious ball. Giannis got a ball back, but was it the ball? Giannis was unconvinced post-game, saying, quote, I don't know if it's the game ball. doesn't feel like the game ball to me. feels like a brand new ball. Unsure if the situation was truly settled, the Pacers responded the next day by signing veteran James Johnson, best known for having a 7-0 record in MMA and a 20-0 record in kickboxing. If you're wondering when these two teams play each other again, that would be January 1st in Indiana and then two nights later in Milwaukee. And finally, on Thursday night, the Los Angeles Clippers won their sixth game in a row 
beating the Golden State Warriors 121-113. Without Paul George in the lineup, James Harden had 28-7-15, while Kawhi had 27-8. The Clippers are now 14-10. Their starting lineup with Harden, Mann, PG, Kawhi, and Zubats is now a plus 14 in 408 possessions per cleaning the glass. Kawhi, in particular, has been on a hot streak, averaging 35 points over his three previous games. For the Warriors, life without Draymond begins again. They have dropped to 10-14. and 14. And remember when I said Phoenix in the 10 spot was only three games back of Denver in the 2 spot? Well, Golden State is in the 11th spot and is yeah. already three games back of Phoenix. Unreal. As a reminder, the Warriors pick this season is only top four protected and owned by the Portland Trail Blazers. What a week it was, Andrew. What a week it was indeed. Al, it's December 15th, which means that it's time to start thinking about trades. I think the one thing that I think the NBA can be glad about the in-season tournament for, there's a lot of things, but one thing is that people haven't really been talking about trades all that much. And now it's when we wake up, it's December 15th. It feels like in a typical year, we talk about December 15th for weeks until we get to it, you know. And now it's here, and a lot of different trades can be made. And there was a, a rumor by a friend of the program, Jake Fisher, that maybe Larry Markinen could be pried from the maybe. Utah Jazz. Maybe. I don't think this trade is going to happen. I don't think that any of these trades that I propose will happen, but I thought it might be fun to see if we could pry Lowry Markinen away from the Utah Jazz. And so, Alex, uh, I'm going to have you be Danny Ainge, and I'm Great. going to make some trade calls to you. And I just want to see if this would interest, if you think that this could or should interest the Utah Jazz in any way whatsoever. Okay. And, and to set the stage of why this would be such a hard trade, uh, Lowry's still young. He's 26. Yep. He's on a great deal. Great. He's deal. an all-star. He is kind of one of Danny Ainge's like first big successes as the new GM of the Jazz. He yep. is the first big success. I mean, like major success. Oh yeah. And like, do they really need to move him? I, I'm as as Danny Ainge. I'm not feeling a ton of pressure as of right now. Yeah. You know, if if there was a deal that was really amazing, maybe I'd consider it. But I don't feel under a ton of pressure to move him because it's not like he's going to be a free agent. This summer, and, you know, we, we have a couple of years left. And he can be extended, too. And he can be extended. And guess summer. what? He'll probably be valuable once he's been extended as well. Yeah. So in the report, it talked about how some teams think that they may not want him on that extension. But I'm like, I don't know. Like, he's a seven-foot shooting forward. which Super efficient. As I started to look through the teams, I'm like, you know what? I don't think I can find a team that wouldn't want to. But there aren't many teams that could get in the mix for Mark. Well, good luck, Andrew. So first one, what you got? First one, Rob Palenka and the Lakers are calling. (laughs) We've got, (laughs) we've got an unprotected 2029 first round pick that we're Mm. putting on the table. Could be very, Mm. very, very valuable as LeBron likely will not be playing. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I can't complete this trade until December or until January 15th. Oh, you're killing me, Rob. Austin Reeves and Jalen Hunscafino and a unprotected 29 first round pick for Larry Markkinen. Uh, it's not going to do it. Not going to do it. If, if I'm, I mean, listen, the I do untouchable want some, Austin Reeves. I know that I do want some, uh, draft equity back, yeah. okay. but at the same time, I am loaded with draft equity coming from the Minnesota Timberwolves over the it's next true. decade. So it's not like I'm I'm dying for it. Yeah. You know, this isn't uh like Detroit where they're I think they're like still pick neutral somehow where I could really use some picks. In this case it's like it'd be nice, but I'm really looking at the main pieces coming back and uh Austin Reeves very good player, Jalen Hutchfino, I wasn't the biggest fan coming in the draft, but he's a rookie. That doesn't do enough for me for Lowry Markinen. We're talking about an all-star uh, speaking of Detroit, you got Troy Weaver on the line here, trying oh, to. Oh boy! Hey, uh, Danny, I'm trying to save my job. 
please. They, they probably need Lowry more than any team you're going to talk Dude. about because he actually would be perfect next to Jalen Duran and Cade. He'd be amazing with Cade. Cade, right? Yeah. Okay. But unfortunately, I just named the two players that I would want. So what do you got? Okay. Not including those players, obviously. Right. Got to include a SAR. Not going to include a SAR. Okay, well, then the answer is no, because I know Just, they don't we, have any picks. Please, please hear me out. Please hear me out. First rounder in 27. First rounder in 29. The, the, I don't think that's possible. As the trade machine says I can, and that's how I. this is how I function. Okay. Um, they're... I just want to point out what they did to themselves. Uh, so that pick that is going to, I guess it's owned by New York right now. Yeah. OKC once owned it. Yeah. Um, that's protected one through nine in 2027. So they would have to unprotect something for the Knicks to be able to trade two picks. We, we can say that they're going to do that. That's fine. Uh, we're going to do it. I got to save okay. my job. I'm not going to be here in 2029. But anyways. just letting the people know that they would have to do extra things to be able to trade more than one pick currently. Yeah, they have really backed themselves into a corner. I have backed myself into a corner here where I have to make this phone call. Uh, okay, 27-29, top 10 protected picks. Top 10? Top 10. Listen, I got I to preserve something here. Um, Joe Harris to make the money work, and Jaden Ivey for Markkanen and Kelly Olenek. Um, no, the answer is no. To that one you down on um, Jaden you down on Jaden Ivy I kind of am not necessarily no I'm not you're not I wish they would no I wish they would play him more I don't understand why they haven't been playing him like they have been playing him the last couple games yeah the entire season um you know I got Keontae George uh yeah. but who knows that could still work in the backcourt but yeah just with just Jaden Ivy um and you're protecting the future picks for some reason you just <laughs> It sounds like you're not actually interested in making a deal. What, you're just what, throwing what something would, out, Troy. There, what if it was a SAR instead of Ivy? A SAR and two no. and two first. If I'm Danny Ainge, like, why am I settling for less than both of those guys? Why would I trade Larry? I'm in no rush. Yeah. I'm in no rush to do this deal. Yeah. Like somebody would have to knock me over with a deal. Yeah. For me to really do it. The thing about a SAR is like he is such a great complimentary player to stars that like you have to have, you almost have to have like the guy in place. Kind of like, I mean like Detroit theoretically has a good situation next to Cade. They just don't have the other pieces around those guys to make. And the work. problem in Utah is kind of the same that is in Detroit, which is that you'd be pairing him with a non-shooting center. And yeah. so now, so now you're like scraping for, for shooting for now until the end of time yeah. to make it work. Yeah, I don't love it either. So, sorry. Sorry, Troy. Yeah, I I get it. I It's hard, because, but I do think like that, like we said in the beginning, it's kind of the perfect pairing. Like to, I think it would help pull Detroit out of this. And, that, and that's what ultimately they need to do. Is like, I think that they're going to have to make a trade in order to make this work. Okay, uh, Mike Dunleavy. Hey, wait, before, before you go, oh, yeah. before you go, go on real quick, mm -hmm. you know, I, I didn't mention it in the beginning. I probably should have. Detroit mm -hmm. is currently on a 21-game losing streak. Yeah. And the record within season is 26 straight losses. I keep seeing people saying 28. That's, that was over two seasons. Who cares about over two seasons? Yeah. Uh, 26 straight losses. Their next five, which would get them to 26, at Philly, at Milwaukee, at Atlanta, Utah, Utah, at home. That's the one. How about that? That's the one that the, that people are circling for sure. How about that? And uh, Dave DeFore mentioned this on Twitter that the <laughs> the Pistons have the same amount of wins that Draymond has in suspensions. So congratulations, Detroit. Jeez. Well, unfortunately for them, it feels like Utah is like starting to figure some things out. Markkinen's back. Markkinen's so back. I don't. Like they look. They looked pretty good with Markkinen back, and he's on a minutes restriction, yeah. and he won't be by then. I know. So good luck. Good luck. Uh, okay, next one. Mike Dunleavy, Junior, calling from the Golden Thanks State Warriors. <laughs> um, we'd like to include a twenty twenty seven first round pick. Top three protected. Mm. Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, 
and Andrew Wiggins for Colin Sexton and Larry oh. Markkinen. Well, you really, I, I, I mean, I don't know if I would have done it, but adding Andrew Wiggins into that, it's, I mean, because, you, almost, you you have to include, some, you have to either include know, it in these I Warriors know. trades because I tried to like a lot of different iterations of the Warriors trade, and it's either you have to include Chris Paul or Wiggins. I mean, I would rather have Chris Paul at this point because, especially with the Jazz, like they already kind of have one of these contracts in John Collins, who apparently they already want to move, Unbelievable. and who has seventy five. Year, or 75 years left. He's got 75 years left. <laughs> 75 million dollars left. But if you have both Wiggins and John Collins on the books, which would be <sighs> so much money okay. committed to guys, who okay, unclear. So I, I can't do that. I'm willing to open up negotiations here. What if it? What if? What if it was Chris Paul instead? That makes it much easier financially. Then it comes down to what you really think about Moody and Kaminga. Moody and a first. And a first, and you and you can um, get, and you can just send us Colin Sexton and have him off your off your books and off of your brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't know. It, it, it kind of all depends what people think about Kaminga and Moody. I I don't have that. Doesn't feel like I'm getting back a blue chipper, but yeah. others might disagree. I, what I know what color is really below like a blue chip? Um, that's a great question. Is that based on like poker chips? I have no, no idea. I don't know either. Um, I'm, it's not an awful deal, you know, two young players, although two young players who you're about to have to potentially extend this summer, which if one of the ideas is that they don't want to pay Markinen's next ex- big extension, and now you're having to extend two rookies, I, I don't know what they would get, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I wish the, I had. They a few would be more red years. chips. Red chips. Blue chip is the most valuable. Red chips. Red chip okay. is the yeah. I would medium. go. I would say red chips. Yeah. I'd say red chips. Um, it's. Uh, I'll think about it. Unlikely. I think I would need a, a little bit more to really push me over the edge. But you seem like you're more into those guys than you are Jaden Ivy. Um. No, it's not that necessarily. It's because I'm getting two young pieces back. Are you getting, you know, more, to are you getting two extra first from Detroit? Yeah, but you're protecting them top ten for some reason. Okay, top. Th- what if so they, they were top three? Prote- <laughs> Troy Weaver <laughs> somehow um, gotten back onto this call. Um, wow. <laughs> um, okay. I mean, we're getting closer to the idea of what it would be. It would be like one or two really valuable young players yeah. and one or two really valuable future picks. Yeah. And I'd start being interested. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Indiana Pacers. Okay. Two first rounders, top three protected in twenty seven and twenty nine. Uh huh. Benedict Matherin and T J McConnell to make the the money work for Larry Markman. No. no, thank you. You're just out, like just not. Yeah, just not super interested. In okay, that. you don't. You're not. You're out on Ben Matherin then. Uh, That's it's not that I'm saying. out on him. I mean, you um, are. But okay. that that would be that would feel like the Kuminga or Moody deal, except if you removed one of them. So now you're just giving me like one of those guys plus some picks, and yeah. it just doesn't doesn't get me excited. Yeah, enough. he would be awesome with Indy. He would be so awesome with Indy. Uh, Markinen? Oh yeah, 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 he would. He'd be. Amazing. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they they could have the best offense of all time if they had Lowry Markinen. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> they would be so good. But yeah, I get it. I couldn't find a, another trade like within the roster. It was like, oh, this guy. In, I, I don't know how to make it work there. But that was one. Okay, my final trade. Final trade. Sam Presti. The Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. Davis Bertans. Oh, stop right there. 17 million. Sold. Latvian Laser. Yeah. Usman Jang, former 11th overall pick, still developing. And Josh Giddy, plus three first-round picks for Markinen and Kelly Olenek. So, um, before uh, the ongoing investigation, I might say this would have a shot depending on what the picks were. Yeah. Um, 
because, you know, coming into the season, Josh Giddy was seen as like a very valuable young prospect. Mm-hmm. Just unclear right now um, what his future is going to be. And if I'm trading Lowry Markinen, the, the best trade asset I'm likely going to have for the foreseeable future, I need more uh, assurances. I need more confidence before I would make that sort of a trade. Mm-hmm. So I think... Well, you do well, that deal in September, and maybe it would have been interesting. Um, now it would be like a wait and see, and based on the investigation alone. Yeah, yeah. Just because I I don't want to make that big of a move um, when I'm giving up my best asset on my team. Let's say the investigation is, level of uncertainty is here. Is it's gone? It's everything's good. Everything's clear. The. I mean that would have to happen first, and I'm, sa- I'm, I'm case, saying in a hypothetical world as we are in right now. Yeah, I mean, then you get into the issue that um, he's just been terrible uh, for the majority of the season. Um, so th- th- that's what I, I know. He played really well in Sacramento on Thursday night. It's probably did. his best game of the season. Um, oh, yeah, but he has been really bad this year. And when you look at some of the advanced stats, there's an argument to be made that he is one of the most damaging starters in the league. And so I just don't see how Utah could make that deal right now. A few months ago, I think it would have made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'm probably holding out if I'm Danny Ainge. So I so have no thing. I- I'm, or, or I'm saying, uh, Hey, how about Casey Wallace? How about Casey Wallace? Huh? Yeah. Actually, say- first I would say, how about J dub? First, I would say that. Yeah. Then you would shut me down. Yeah, yeah, no. No, no, no. Then I'd say, how about Casey Wallace and Poku? I'd say no. To Casey Wallace and Poku? Yeah, and like and picks, obviously. Like, it's not just Casey Wallace and Poku. Well, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> you, you would say no to, if you were OKC, okay, so you would say no to Casey Wallace, Usman Jang, three first? I think so. For Lowry yeah. Markkinen? Yeah, I think so. Really? Yeah. Would I think you? that would be pretty fair. Would you do it? I I would I would I would consider it. It would hurt, but here's the deal. I think if you're trading for Larry Markinen, it has to hurt. It can't be a deal that you're just like, oh yeah, I would do that. It has to be a deal where your initial reaction is, no, I would not do that. But then you are talked into it. That's the only way this is going to happen. Yeah, I mean, you're not going in, in to... that scenario, you would have to boot somebody from the starting lineup for the Thunder. Uh, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you would probably be giddy, and you would start Chet and Markinen. And which would be very fun. Yeah. Can't deny it. J dub Dort Shea. I mean that'd be pretty that'd be pretty sick. Pretty sick. It'd be pretty sick. Okay. None of them none of those pride anything I'm sorry. away. Yeah, it's gonna be But tough. would you expect anything less? Remember what he got for Rudy Gobert? You think oh, he's I just know. gonna take the first deal that if, if this happens, it's gonna be on trade deadline yeah. at the last minute. Yeah. And it will be a huge haul. Well, and similar to like the Thunder with Shea. The Thunder still lost a lot of games with Shea. And like that was a good thing. And I, and I see this as kind of similar for Utah and Markinen. If they're losing games with Markinen, that's yeah. kind of a good thing. Because if they get a player that they really like in the draft, you get to automatically pair him with Markinen. Yeah, and if Taylor Hendricks comes along... You yeah. feel they obviously feel great about Keontae George. Like you could be in this spot next season and feel completely different about it. Where it's like, oh, I'm so glad we kept Markinen because yeah. these young guys are further along than I thought. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of what happened in OKC. Not that they were ever going to trade SGA, but all of a sudden there was like a real team around him. Whereas yeah. the, the previous year they were winning 20 games or something. Right. So. Right. Right. All right, Andrew. Uh, I want to do a pre-leap rewind so every spring i like to look for a couple guys who might be making a pre-leap a leap before the real leap the following season we've seen that the post all-star break period can be a preview of what some players are about to become about to turn into on the other hand sometimes the post all-star break period can be a total illusion you can be tricked into thinking some players making a real jump and it turns out their usage was just unsustainably high and they were playing a bunch of tanking teams (laughs) so i thought it'd be fun to go back and look at the five guys I identified last spring Ooh, as pre-leap candidates yeah, 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 to see yeah, how yeah. they were doing this season. Now, I'm going to start with my number one pick last spring, Trey Murphy. 
His scoring had gone from 12 per game pre-All-Star to 18 per game post-All-Star, shooting over 42% on eight threes a game. He was also an incredible 72% at the rim. Was it a pre-leap? I still say yes, even though he's only played five games so far because of a <laughs> meniscus injury over yeah. the offseason. Because even in his first five game backs, he's already making a huge impact for the Pelicans. He's once again on fire from three, shooting 43% on over seven attempts per game. His scoring is over 17 per game. He's continuing what he did post-All-Star break. Now, it's only five games, and he's still coming off the bench. But for a team that needs shooting around their two stars, I think a move to the starting lineup is inevitable, and I think his season stats are only going to improve. So I'm saying a preliminary yes. That was a pre-leap. I'm with that. I'm next, with that. N- next on my list was Emmanuel Quickly. Mm. He had an incredible post-All-Star break. Mm-hmm. Saw a big bump in usage, and he made the most of it. Averaged over 21-4-4 four four, while shooting over 40% on over seven and a half threes per game. He was playing so efficiently, and it really felt like we were watching a guy about to take a huge step up in production this season. Was it a pre-leap? Well, you look at his stats, and it really doesn't look like a leap. Yep. But as Tommy Beer pointed out on Twitter, Quickly's averaging career highs in scoring and true shooting, career low in turnover rate. All the advanced stats are career highs. He's doing all this while averaging almost five fewer minutes per game. Wow. The leap is kind of happening, but it's just not obvious because his minutes are reduced. The Knicks didn't extend him last summer, so now he's going to be a restricted free agent. Doesn't seem like the Knicks totally know what they want to do about that. There's rumors he could be available. All I know is I think there's a player deserving of a bigger role there, but we may not see that version of quickly again until he's on another team. So yeah. maybe a prelude. Yeah. Uh, number three on my list was Corey Kispert. Uh, Kispert was averaging a tidy 14 points per game post All-Star break, shooting 44% from three on 68% true shooting. Now, I wasn't expecting a Starly, but it seemed like Kispert was solidifying his place in the NBA. Was it a pre-leap? Uh, I don't think so. In some ways, it's similar to Quickly's situation in that he's basically averaging the same statistical line as last year, but doing it in six fewer minutes per game. That's impressive. But the percentages are down, and it certainly doesn't feel like a leap. He's only getting 22 minutes per night on a three-win team. It's hard yeah. to call that a leap. Now, that, you do have to take the situation yes, into account. Because as underwhelming as the Wizards were last year, he was surrounded by a lot better talent. And so finding himself again on this Wizards team may take a bit longer. I still like Kispert, but not a pre-leap. Number four was Cole Anthony. Cole, uh, he's always been able to put up counting stats, but he became a much more efficient player post-All-Star last season, averaging 15-5-4 on 47-42-91 splits. Was it a pre-leap? Now, it's not some massive leap, but I would say yes. Anthony has largely kept up his play from post-All-Star break last season, and most importantly, he continues to be so much more efficient than he was earlier in his career. He's averaging a career high in true shooting. He significantly bumped up his free throw rate, taking about four and a half per game, and he's doing it night after night on a really good team, which I think matters. So I say yes, it was a pre-leap. And finally, Andrew. The fifth person on my pre-leap list, and the entire reason I wanted to talk about this today, because there's zero doubt about it, Kobe White. Yeah. Similar to Cole Anthony, the story with Kobe in the post-All-Star break period last year was his efficiency. 41% from three, 62% true shooting. This season, he has been on another level. He was good early on, but he has been incredible as of late. In his last 13 games, he is averaging about 23-5-5 on (laughs) 50-50-83 splits. And during this stretch, he's been taking nine and a half threes per game and hitting over half of them. For the season, only Steph and Luca have made more three pointers than Kobe White. Wow. His playmaking. Wow. I know. That's very impressive. His playmaking and decision making have been impressive as well. He was awesome in the game last night against Miami, scored 26, season high 11 assists, just in complete control on offense, looking like a guy absolutely deserving of the larger offensive role he's been getting with Zach Levine out. This was the clearest cut one. What we saw last spring was definitely a pre-leaf, and he has exceeded that level of play way more than I would have ever imagined. So shout out to Kobe White. Definite pre-leaf. Wow. Okay. We're going to talk more about Kobe White and his team, the Chicago Bulls, with Trey Kirby of No Dunks right after this break. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. All right, Andrew, it is time for the Wheel of Fandom, our weekly segment where we spin a wheel, it lands on a team, and we become fans of that team for the next week. Two weeks ago, the wheel landed on the Chicago Bulls, and let's just say we were not thrilled. The Bulls were 6-14 and 14 at the time. They had just ended a five-game losing streak. The vibes were bad. But over the last two weeks, we have watched a rejuvenated Bulls team. Six lo- since Zach Levine went out of the lineup, the Bulls are 5-2 and two with wins over Milwaukee, New Orleans, and Miami. Their only losses during this stretch were at Milwaukee and Denver at home. Has the wheel fixed the Bulls, who are now 10-16? and 16? To find out the answer to that question, Andrew, who is our guest today? Oh, I was happy with every single Bulls win because we get a, a good mood, just happy-go-lucky Trey Kirby from No Dunks on the podcast. Trey, what's up, dude? I couldn't be happier to be talking to you two right now in the midst of the best Bulls run of 2023 <laughs> entire calendar year, not just this season. We're throwing in last season uh, as well. Yeah, things have uh, picked up in the past couple of weeks for Chicago, at least. <laughs> so, Trey, early in the season, the Bulls uh, seemed like one of the more miserable teams to follow night to night. Uh, how different have they looked over the past two weeks, and what are some of the biggest changes that you've seen? I think you kind of touched on everything that has changed for the Bulls in the past couple of weeks. It's a combination of, of two things, really. Zach Levine. The trade request that he may or may not have made, regardless, he's out of the lineup, hasn't played in a couple of weeks, the last seven games. That has allowed Kobe White a chance to really seize an opportunity here. He's improved a great deal in his few seasons in the league. He went from almost unplayable to a pretty decent backup last year to maybe in the mix for MIP right now. And I think that Levine going out, Kobe White getting a little bit more of an opportunity And the Bulls playing a more egalitarian style of basketball has helped them look better offensively, 
And then, like you mentioned, the vibes are certainly better with Chicago right now. They seem to be pulling for each other, and I don't necessarily know if that was the case to start the season. They had a players-only meeting after the first game of the year. We saw Vooch <laughs> sniping at Billy Donovan in the first game of the year. Yep. At least right now, it seems like they're getting along and playing some decent basketball. You mentioned Kobe, who has played a huge role in this recent turnaround. I mentioned this earlier in the pod, but over his last 13, he's basically 23-5-5 on 50-50-82 shooting splits. He had began to figure things out post-All-Star break last season, but what have been the big jumps this season in his game? The main thing I think that has allowed Kobe White to be so good this season is the confidence. And it kind of started last year, uh, like you're saying. In the second half of the season, you could see the improvements that he made in his handle. And that's really changed things for Kobe White. Came into the league as kind of somewhere in between a point guard and a combo guard, certainly a scorer. But his handle wasn't tight enough to be able to get in the lane and really create disadvantages uh, for the defense it was kind of just hoping he would get hot from three. Sometimes that happened. He had some great shooting months, but now he's able to put some consistency together because it's not just chucking threes and hoping for a hot streak. Now he's able to get into the paint. He's able to drive and kick. He's finishing better, and he's given a lot better effort defensively, and that dates back to last season as well. So I think it's been a combination of him growing into his role in the NBA, seeing an opportunity to have a bigger role, and actually seizing it when he had the chance. So I know you've, in the past, you've fought back against the people calling to blow the Bulls up. But now it looks like they're heading toward a major roster shakeup. What are your rebuilding goals? Are there any players who you think that are off limits that you want to keep on the roster? Do you want to prioritize draft picks? Are there any fake trades in your brain that are just floating around that you need to get out into the internet? <laughs> well, one of the things that I guess is a benefit to your team being involved in every trade rumor for a month is you can think about a lot of trades. I was kicking around a Warriors trade today. Okay. We know they've kind mm. of been chasing down Alex Caruso. Uh, there was that great clip of him talking to Steve Kerr last season. He said, I want you. I was trying to convince myself it was for Team USA and FIBA over the summer, but that didn't happen. So now I'm thinking maybe he's after something else. I don't know if that's a move the Warriors would do, but... It seems the Bulls may have missed an opportunity to trade DeRozan at the height of his trade value right. now that he's an expiring contract. It feels the same with Levine now that he's into a bigger deal right now. So I don't love trading Caruso, but he's a guy that every contender is going to be interested in. He's got another year left on his deal next year, which I think is a benefit for anybody who would be acquiring him. So I would hate to see Caruso go but I can understand uh, why such a move would be made. And then I think from a goals standpoint, it would be great to get draft picks back in a Caruso deal. It would be awesome to get some kind of draft picks back in a Zach Levine deal. But I look at what the return was for the Atlanta Hawks when they traded John Collins, who's on a similar contract to Zach Levine. Certainly Levine is a better player than John Collins, but the return to the Hawks was second round picks and Rudy Gay. It was kind of just salary relief for mm -hmm. the Hawks. So I'm mm -hmm. thinking uh, something similar might be in store for the Bulls if they decide to move off Levine. Perhaps they're able to get one first-round pick out of it. I think that would be good. Maybe a young player as well. But the big win for them would be clear in the books heading into next summer. So thinking about potential trade candidates, I found it really interesting how the rest of the NBA values different Bulls players It's because it's all over the place. And I'm sure you've seen everyone's opinions about these players that you watch every single night. So I'm going to present you with some of the Bulls trade candidates, and I want you to tell me whether you think the rest of the NBA undervalues that player, properly values him, or overvalues him. Okay? So let's start with Alex Crusoe. Reports were initially that the Bulls wanted two first. Now the Bulls are apparently shutting down interested teams. Do NBA fans undervalue, overvalue, or properly value Alex Caruso? That's Caruso's a tough one. I think I'm actually going to vote for properly value here because when okay. he came to the Bulls from the Lakers, I was thinking he was overvalued. I thought it was just a classic Lakers bump because they're in a big market. We're talking about this random guy who's just going to be okay. And then he comes to the Bulls and he's everything that Lakers fans said he was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So is he underrated? I don't think so because at this point he seems to be the missing piece for any number of teams, which to me, means he's properly rated. He can shoot the ball from outside, though he's not going to take a ton of threes. He can guard 
anybody. Like he was locking down Kevin Durant for the Bulls earlier this season, despite giving up six inches to him. Caruso can kind of play on the wing. He can kind of be a little bit of a Bruce Brown type character where he's in the lane as well, creating for others. I think he's a really good player. And I think that the league is wise to it since they've seen what he's done in a slightly bigger role in Chicago. And then even dating back to his time with the Lakers, he's a championship kind of player. And that's why I think he's a guy that the Bulls probably should trade and probably don't want to trade because to have a guy like that is important for the culture of your team as well. So it'll be a tough one uh, if he goes. But I mean, I think that guy's properly rated because everybody thinks he's awesome right now. If you could put yourself in the shoes of like a contending team, would you be willing to give up two firsts for Alex Caruso? Two first seems like a lot. I mean, Caruso does miss some time. You know, he was out with a left ankle injury earlier uh, this week. He came back uh, in the game against the Heat, and then Vooch stepped on his ankle, and now yeah. Caruso went out again. The style he plays, conducive uh, to injuries, being on the floor a lot, will have that happen, but I don't know. If I'm a team that really feels like I'm one piece away from a championship, even take the Nuggets. They didn't really replace Bruce Brown. They've got picks somewhere that they could perhaps come up off of, and maybe that's something they look at. But uh, two first-round picks – for a player in 2023, that feels like a lot since we haven't seen that be going around, especially a role yeah. guy like Caruso. Uh, but if I'm a sicko and I want to try and win a championship, it's probably worth it. Uh, what about Zach Levine? Two-time All-Star, high-volume three-point shooter. Been reports about the lack of a trade market. He mm -hmm. seems to want the Lakers. Do you think NBA fans undervalue, overvalue, or properly value Zach Levine? Levine is undervalued. He is on a bad contract, which doesn't help uh for sure and you have to have confidence in Levine's knees to want to take on a deal like that but man when this guy is right when he's engaged and when he's in a rhythm he's one of the better scorers out there 27 points per game during the second half of last season on really good efficiency basically a 50 40 90 guy he's been approaching those levels during his all-star seasons with the Bulls but I think you see the way this season started for Levine uh, you see the Bulls then going on a little bit of a run once Levine is out of the lineup, and that drags his value down to the point where I can understand why he's undervalued. But Levine is a really good player. The one time he's been in a, in a very competitive situation, 21-22 season with the Bulls, things were working pretty well. Mm -hmm. It all fell apart once Lonzo Ball got injured, uh, which probably is a bad sign if like the 14th best point guard in the league goes down and suddenly your team goes uh, goes south. Not great, but I think Levine is a good player. And I think given a chance to be a number two or a number three or a guy who is the missing piece offensively, he'll show up. Okay, last one, Patrick Williams. Now, before Kobe White's breakout, if another NBA fan was interested in prying away a young Bulls player, it was always Patrick Williams. We can fix him, they tell themselves. Do NBA fans undervalue, overvalue, or properly value Patrick Williams? This is an impossible question to answer. Does anybody value Patrick Williams? I don't think that. <laughs> oh, he's interesting. Really, no. Yeah, right. Like, I don't think anybody's rating him all that highly right now. Uh, he lost his starting spot to Tory Craig earlier this season. That's a guy that is a journeyman around the league. He was drafted number four, so the expectations in Chicago were high. He was kind of the jewel of their semi tank uh, prior to the Vucevic trade, uh, but. I don't know. He's a good role player, I think. He's a good shooter. He can defend positions, and he has looked a little bit more confident and aggressive uh, since Levine went out of the lineup. But uh, I don't know. I don't hear people talking about Patrick Williams as one of the hot young players right now. Maybe, maybe it's because we're Thunder fans, but I, I still see Thunder fans all the time bringing up his name uh, because he's like, He's a traditional four compared to like a lot of the small ball that OKC plays where you could sure. just plug him in at the power forward spot. But you may be right. You may be right. He may just be, have become a forgotten man. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Forgotten man is kind of the right term for it. At least last year, right? He shot 41% from three, uh, f almost 40% during his rookie season. He's only at 35 right now. I think that's going to probably tick up as the season goes on. He has proven to be a good shooter uh, thus far in his career. But when you look at a guy who's scoring eight points a game, 
basically coming off the bench for most of it, and he's not hitting at a high level, it's hard to expect somebody to be super excited uh, about Patrick Williams. But you guys as Thunder fans, you were in the depths of draft research way back when, and Patrick Williams was a huge draft name. So I can oh, understand yeah. why yeah. you still might have some affection for him. That's true. That's a great point. He was a, a little bit above Poku for me, just a little bit. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm really excited to hear your answer on this one, Trey. If this is the end of this version of the Bulls, what is your favorite memory of the Levine, DeRozan, Vucevic Bulls? <laughs> uh, okay, so the answer would be the start of the 21-22 season where suddenly the Bulls were awesome and they were actually yeah, back yeah. and they looked good and they were rubbing it in all the haters' faces. Your John Hollingers, your Tim Bontemps who said they wouldn't amount to anything and the trades were all a mistake. Then maybe the trades ended up being a mistake. Personally, uh, my number one moment um, from this era of the Bulls was I went to game three of their playoff series Oh. Uh, against the Bucks, It was the first Bulls playoff game in, I think, five seasons wow. at that point. They put me and my buddies on the Jumbotron in the first quarter. We're going nuts. And then we looked at the <laughs> score, and it was like 19 to 9 in the first four minutes. It was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a second here. I thought this was a close game, and suddenly it was already a blowout in the first half. I think they ended up losing that one by 30. It was definitely the Bulls' worst home playoff loss, but it was a home playoff game. Hey, so it was happy right. times for me. <laughs> all right. Well, Trey, thank you for answering all our questions about the Bulls. It is now time to play Andrew versus the Beat, our weekly trivia show where Andrew goes head-to-head against an NBA beat writer, or in this case, Trey Kirby. Now, Trey, I've come up with eight questions all about the Bulls. Uh, some are easy, some are hard. You'll give me a number between one and eight, and it'll correspond to a question. If you get it right, you'll get at least two points. If you get it wrong, Andrew will have a chance to steal for one point. So where would you like to start? One through eight. Give me six. Question number six. What is the highest number of three-pointers DeMar DeRozan has made in a game during his career? Now, you get to choose who answers first. So you can answer first and then go higher or lower. Or you can make Andrew answer first and then you would go higher or lower. But just letting you know, if, if you made Andrew answer and he got exactly correct, he would get a bonus point. So there is some risk involved. Okay, you said it's for his entire career, not just Bulls tenure. Correct. Yes. All a right. single game. I, I will answer. Entire career. You, okay, Trey is going to set the bar. Point here. Yeah. Um, seven. All right, Andrew. The bar has been set at seven. Would you like to go higher or lower? That's makes. That is makes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you might be able to set his uh, attempts at seven too. Um, also true. <laughs> oh boy, that is that's a good number. I will say, oh gosh, lower, lower. Well, I will let you know, Trey. You were within one. The correct answer was six. Oh, six, three. So Andrew gets the point. Yes. Very close. Ooh. I almost, right. almost said right. higher. Almost said it. Almost said it. Uh, number one. Question number one. Kobe White has hit at least three three-pointers in 13 straight games. There are only seven players in NBA history who have done that. Two are Steph and Clay, obviously. Name two of the other NBA players who have done it, and you get one point per correct answer. <laughs> Wow. So these are NBA players who have hit at least three threes mm-hmm. in 13 consecutive games. And th- there's five names to choose from. <laughs> you just have to give me two, and you get one point per correct answer. I'm trying to make it a little easier on you, you know? Buddy buddy healed? It's a great guess, but it's wrong, Andrew. It's wrong. Ooh. All right, Trey, you could steal two points here. Man, that... Uh... Buddy Heald was first on my draft board as well. <laughs> Fastest to a thousand threes, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in the NBA. Yep. But he give me Dame Lillard. Kobe one. Dame Lillard, another great a guess, great guess and another wrong guess. Wow. The other five names: James Harden. That one's believable. Okay. Get sure. Duncan Duncan Robinson. It makes sense. Whoa. Okay. Uh, 
The other three, Fred Van Vliet did it once upon a time. Danilo Excuse Gallinari me. with OKC did it. <laughs> wow. And Eric Gordon is the fifth name. Eric Gordon. <laughs> wow. Those are some names. Uh, Danilo's yeah, Kobe, a surprise. He, yeah. If, if Kobe keeps doing it, it'll eventually just be him, Steph, and Clay, which will be uh, very impressive. Yeah. Right now, we got these, you know, stragglers in there. Ga- Gallo <laughs> was Gallo. good. Gallo was really good. He, he averaged like good. 18 points per good. game that year with OKC. Everybody forgets about him with that team, but he was like a big part of why they were good. Danilo Gallinari um, is the NBA player who first helped me learn how much NBA coaches lie. Because when Mike D'Antoni went to coach the New York Knicks, Danilo Gallinari was there, and he said, Danilo Gallinari is the best shooter I've ever coached. And that guy just watched Steve Nash win two MVPs. <laughs> and you I bought like, it. Oh, I see how it is. Yeah. I see how it is. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, okay, Trey, the board is yours. Give me two. Question number two. Which of the following is not a basketball reference official nickname for one of of the Chicago Bulls. Oh, no. So I'm going to give you five <laughs> nicknames. Yeah, Four of them appear on Basketball Reference. One does not. Here they are. Froby, Bald Eagle, Young Hollywood, Mr. I Am Toronto, and Debo. Once again, that is Froby, Bald Eagle, Young Hollywood, Mr. I Am Toronto, and Debo. Wow. Interesting. Um, yeah, that's it. That's that's it. It's weird to me because, uh, certainly Debo is a DeMar DeRozan nickname. Hmm. Also had a long career in Toronto, but that's such a that's weird true. nickname. Why would you make that up? Mr. This is the tough I part with questions like this is when you try and get into the quiz master's head. Yeah. Why would you think of this kind of thing? Young Hollywood <laughs> Why would you is do the this? fake one. Young, Young Hollywood is fake, fake. Yeah. That is... A real nickname of Zach Levine, Young Hollywood. Young Hollywood. Okay. Is so it Andrew, Mr. you have a I'm chance. Toronto? Uh, Andrew, you have a chance to steal for okay. one point. So what are the ones that are left again? Froby. Froby, Bald Eagle, Mr. I Am Toronto, and Debo. I'll say Froby. I don't know. Who, I don't even know who Froby is. Who's Froby? Well, Froby is Kobe White. Okay. But that is not an official basketball reference oh, nickname. So you it. do get the point. Yes, I get Andrew. the name now. I get the name now. But is that one that you found on like Reddit, I guess? It's actually, I don't know why it's not on basketball reference. Uh, I thought I've heard him called that for sure. Yeah, I know. He has. Like, I found an NBC Sports Chicago article calling him. <laughs> so it is, it is accepted, but it's not accepted by basketball reference. Wow. Um, okay, not Andrew, good. the board is yours. Uh, number three. Question number three. DeMar DeRozan is one of 18 active NBA players who have more than 15,000 career points. Only one of those 18 has scored that many points while taking fewer threes than DeMar DeRozan. Who is it? So this is an active player who scored at least 15,000 points, and they've done it while taking fewer threes than DeMar DeRozan. Active player, 15,000. That's a tough thing. Who's gotten that many? That's a lot of points. It's a lot of points. It's a lot of points, but 18 active players have done it. Uh, I don't know if this player has scored that many points yet. Ooh, who is it? Who is it? It's just a lot of points. That's just a lot of points. Is it Giannis? Giannis Anadokounmpo, that is incorrect, Andrew. Okay. Uh, so Trey, you have a chance to steal. He's had to. Is it? Did he miss the mark on fifteen thousand? He had to have scored fifteen thousand. Yes. Uh, I think he's taken fewer threes than uh, DeRozan. I, he he was like right there. He was. It's a good guess, Andrew. If that's what you want me to say. That's a good I just guess. want to know if he's been. I just want to know if he's scored fifteen thousand. I guess. Uh, he has scored 17,000. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, interesting. So if Giannis can already get to 17,000 points, you don't have to have that crazy long of a career to get to 15,000. Yeah. Yeah, Giannis has taken 100 more threes than DeRozan. Oh. So it was a very good guess. <laughs> That's sick. A very good guess. 
Okay. Um, okay. Now knowing that you could get to 15,000 points this quickly, I get a chance to answer here, right? Yes, 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 absolutely. You could steal could a it point. be a former bull? Jimmy Butler? Former bull, Jimmy Butler. That is incorrect. Oh! The correct <laughs> answer was, when you hear it, you'll be like, ah, Anthony Davis. Anthony uh, Davis. Makes sense. Fair enough. Interesting. His um, coaches want right. him to take more threes, though. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And honestly, he's not that far behind DeRozan. <laughs> DeRozan <laughs> does not take a lot of threes. Uh, okay, Trey, you're only down by two. I know it's been rough so far. But I also don't have a point up right here. That, that is also true. But you could you set tie up a it nice up right here. <laughs> I'm picking number eight right now. Okay, question number eight. The Bulls have not won a playoff series since the 2014-15 season. There are four other Eastern Conference franchises who have also not won a playoff series since at least the 2014-15 season. Name all four. I'm going to give you one point per correct pair. So for every two that you get right, you'll get a point. So these are Eastern Conference teams who have not won a playoff series since at least 14-15. 14-15. Okay. Orlando Magic. That is correct. Charlotte Hornets. Okay, that is one point right there. You got one of the pairs. 14-15. So including 14-15 season. Uh, who? Detroit Pistons? Mm-hmm. Can you get the final name? Okay, let's see. I think the Wizards probably won some series with Beal and Wall in that time frame. Uh, the Raptors won a championship. Atlanta Hawks? That is incorrect, Trey. Oh! Andrew, you get a chance to steal one point. Oh, that was stupid. <laughs> I went to the conference finals. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> it was like such an unbelievable run. Even yeah, you like... didn't believe you were there. Wow. <laughs> so, oh, man. I was wondering. Like The two, the last two times I've done this, you tripped me up with uh, Jimmy Butler and you tripped me up with a Dickie Simpkins. I was wondering who it was going to be this time. And it turns out it was me that tripped me up. Foolish. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Okay. 14-15. Any guesses, Andrew? Have the Pacers won a playoff series since then? Pacers? They have not, Andrew. Oh, For one point. Pacers have not done it. All right. It's still a two-point game. Three to one. Andrew, you have control of the board. Number four. Okay. This is a fun question. I don't know how hard it will be. Since Michael Jordan retired from the Bulls, okay? Mm -hmm. So you know when that was. There have been 14 players who have made an all-star game, played for the Chicago Bulls during their career, but never made an all-star game as a Chicago Bull. And we're going to (laughs) name them all. So how this works is Andrew will give me a name, then Trey will give me a name. We'll go back and forth until one of you stumbles. So as a reminder, these are players who have been all-stars. They played for the Bulls, but they were never an all-star as a Bull. Okay. I mean, Larry Markkinen. That is correct. Uh, Okay. Okay. Made an all-star game, but not as a Bull. But they played on the Bulls? Yeah, at one point in their career. There's 14 names. All right, let me dip back into the 2000s, into the 2000s, because I was definitely going Lowry Markkinen uh, with my first pick. Man, I can't believe I'm blanking right now. Let me think of somebody who was a Chicago Bull. Oh, man, I'm struggling here. I can't even think of an all-star right now. Uh, Who else would have? Got to remember who even played for the Bulls and then would have actually been. Cleveland. No, 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 no. <laughs> Jimmy Butler? I mean, I mean, he made all-star teams with the Bulls. Give me Jimmy Butler. Well, you were correct that he did make all-star teams as a Bull. I know, I know, I know. Uh, the other names. Can I, Andre Drummond? Andre Drummond Andre on the Bulls Drummond. currently. Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo. Rondo. 
Wade. 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 Correct. Look at, look at you guys. Here we go. Here we go. Any any more? Um. Who okay, else? some of the really tough ones. Good one, one man. Ben Stop. Wallace. Ben Wallace. Yeah. yeah. Rip Hamilton. <laughs> Kyle yeah. Corver. Carlos Boozer. Carlos Kyle Corver. Yeah, Boozer. This one's really going to hurt, Trey. Brad Miller. Oh, Brad Miller. Uh, that is a ridiculous <laughs> one, man. That guy made the All-Star game in two different conferences in back-to-back years. Never been done before. <laughs> uh, El- Elton Brand. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Tyson Chandler. Yeah. Yeah. Meta World Peace, and the final two, Antonio Davis and Goran Dragic, who had a cup of coffee. <laughs> oh, Goran Dragic, oh, Goran that's Dragic. true. <laughs> I would not have thought. I would not have ever gotten uh, there. I don't I'm, think. I'm displeased. <laughs> All right, uh, Trey, you're down by four, but there are still two questions left. <laughs> I don't know if Keep the math the is mathing, Alex. Well, <laughs> give me seven. <laughs> Question number seven. According to yeah. Cleaning Glass. Who leads the Bulls in on-off with a plus 15? Current season, leading the Current Bulls season. in on-off. Leading the Bulls in on-off. And it's not some, you know, like a guy who's played 10 minutes, you know. Okay. Kobe White. That is incorrect. Andrea have a chance to right steal. Like Kobe was second. You'd think it would be like Caruso. Um, it feels like too easy. But I'll, I'll say it anyways, Caruso. Well, he's not called the forgotten man for no reason. It was Patrick Williams. <laughs> Seriously. Patrick oh, come Williams. on, man. That oh, rules. Plus 15. Okay, Andrew, final question. Okay. Uh, you have you have uh, wrapped up this week's victory, but you can still get more points. Okay. Wow. Chicago. Point differential. Yeah, point differential for the in-season <laughs> like Andrew Joe Mazzula, versus the beat tournament. Andre Drummond. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Chicago has a 12.1% turnover percentage. Very good. Second best in the league. Who is the only team more careful with the ball than Chicago? Oh, interesting. Doesn't turn it over. Indy? No. No. Incorrect. Uh, Trey, last chance. And it ended off with a bang. Also, no. Correct answer. And this is was a little surprising to me. Dallas. Oh, Dallas they crossed my Mavericks. mind, but I didn't. No, I, I just know. think of like Kyrie, Luca. You know, they're big ball handers. They probably have a lot of turnovers. But you, you may be for real dumb. Tyrus Halliburton just doesn't turn the ball over. Why? Why is that dumb? Does everybody else turn the ball over a lot? I guess. Uh oh, I guess you're, at least. I guess, but it is percentage. So I guess yeah, yeah. Never mind. Maybe that was a good guess. I'll look it up, Andrew. Let you know right now, please. What was it? A good guess from Andrew. <laughs> Uh, win by too many? Trey, if you, can, enough? if you can tell me the exact ranking <laughs> of the Pacers in turnover percentage, I will give you three points, which will put you one behind Andrew. Got to be fourth. Wow. You know what, Andrew? First of all, Trey, you're within one. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. Come on. Wow. The Pacers are third. That was a great guess, oh, Andrew. Okay. Third. 12.5%. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was thinking ton of possessions, but yeah, it's percentage. So, hey, uh, something you can do to make Trey Kirby feel better after getting just destroyed in trivia is go to the No Dunks YouTube page right now and hit subscribe. You guys are close yeah, to that would help me feel better. Hundred K, pretty close to hundred K. You guys are where are you guys at now? I'm trying to look it up. Uh, 90, uh, 91, yeah, ninety one point four. Get these boys. Dennis Rodman. Get these boys to 100K. Come on, let's let's get them to 100K before Christmas. Actually, that's that seems that seems fast, but let's do it anyways. That seems fast, but let's do it. Uh, <laughs> Alex, is that the lowest score anyone's ever gotten on trivia? Uh, no, we've had a few a few blanks. Um, <laughs> we've had a few yes! shutouts in our day. <laughs> I think I think Sam Vecini got a quarter of a point one time. Yeah, that's Ooh. right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, great, man. That, that's great to hear that other people have gotten blanked, but I don't know. I, I, as soon as I sign off here, I'll be kicking myself. That, the All-Stars question was ridiculous, man. Yeah. That one was ridiculous to not get any of those. Oh, uh, it's a tough one. Uh, go listen to No Dunks. It's a great podcast. Their YouTube channel is awesome. Uh, shout out Jerome for all the work that he's doing there. Lots of really fun stuff. 
Um, and of course, you're listening to the book. I mean, come on. Uh, thank you so much, Trey, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, y'all. All right, Andrew, that was uh, Bulls Fortnite. Uh, two weeks of the Bulls. Yeah. And we now get to choose another team. And there are 24 teams left on the wheel. Let's spin that wheel and see who we get. Spinning the wheel, spinning the wheel. Week before Christmas, team next week will be the Cleveland Cavaliers. Ooh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cavaliers. I feel like I have a lot of questions about the Cavaliers. That's actually kind of exciting. I mean, a good team. Some some future stuff in question. That's that's a great recipe for a Slam and Jam episode, I say. Let, let's see who they're playing. They're playing uh, Atlanta tomorrow. Okay. Houston, they have a homestand. Homestand. At home against Atlanta, Houston, and Utah, and then New Orleans. All at home. Four games at home. Hey, could they go 4-0? They could. Could they go 4-0? I would circle that, that New Orleans game. It's a pretty fun matchup there. That All right. That's next Thursday. Pretty interesting. Hey, if you'd leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we will read it on the show. Just like this one from Matt J. Travis, 93. Five stars. Saturday Slam and Jam. Ooga booga, ooga booga, ooga booga, ooga booga. You better read this all out loud. On a serious note, this is my favorite show in all of the basketball podcast stratosphere. I will go days back and listen to your takes and the trivia section if I miss the pot. And that's something I never do for any other basketball mm. podcast. Please never stop. Wow. Just a, a great compliment to to Alex and I. Appreciate that very, very much. Please leave us a five-star review and we will read it on the show. Hey, be sure to subscribe to this show on YouTube. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, just go to YouTube and search The Athletic NBA Show. There's lots of fun content from the in-season tournament on uh boots on the ground we had some fun videos where we talked to fans uh so please go check those out i hope you guys enjoy your weekend and the basketball and we will talk to you guys again next week